Hello and welcome to episode 1127 of The Sleeper in the Bust. It is Monday, January 16th, MLK Day. I'm your host, Paul Spohr, joined this afternoon by Justin Mason. Justin, good day, sir. Good morning. Well, no, good afternoon for both of us. I'm, That's right. Yeah. I'm, you just I'm turned you place. just turned over. Mm-hmm. Yes, is yes, I did. About 12:30 there. Um, on this holiday, the site's dark, but we figure we'll do a pod at least while uh, while people are hanging out, maybe watching basketball if they enjoy other sports other than baseball, or if they're just sitting there jonesing for baseball and they're like, I'll watch some basketball, I don't care, but I want baseball back. Uh, it's getting to be that time. Like the itch, obviously, it never goes away for us. We talk about how crazy we are. We're doing drafts, we're in a draft champions t- together right now. But even with that, even though I we don't turn it off. I definitely still feel like the uptick in excitement with other people. And once you're in playoff football, I really think we start to get a bunch of our football people back. Projections are coming out. The bat and the bad X came out. ATC's right around the corner. It's about that time, Justin. I mean, baseball is damn near back. I feel like since we're doing projections this year, we need to come up with a cool name. Oh, that's a good idea. Like, I, I don't... The Mace... I got like make it an acronym somehow. Come up with something yeah. that's an acronym. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got to come up with something. Uh, maybe the Rotoware guys can uh, can do something. They're smart. Like speaking, speaking of, yeah, oh, I'm, always, I'm wearing, always repping. I'm, I'm wearing the wearing uh, wonderful shirt. The Eno murdering me uh, <laughs> shirt for those of you who don't like me, but man, Miss Eno, you can. Uh, Go and get that one. Uh, that that one, yeah, that'd be a favorite for them. Mm-hmm. Well, we're continuing our position previews, uh, our first run of them. We will we will do another run. So if we don't talk about somebody on this one, good chance we'll talk about them on the second one when we really dive in and, and things get more settled in the last few bits of free agency uh, finish up and probably even a couple trades. Hopefully, I'm a, I, maybe I'm wish casting there a little bit. I'd like to see a few trades, uh, but we're going to take our first tour of the hot corner. But I affectionately called it the hot trash corner because Justin, it's tough. It's trash. Yeah. It's it, tough. It's, it's bad. It's got that star power at the top. That's that we're not saying those guys are trash. But once you get past them, good freaking luck. It's it's very similar to second base, but kind of backwards, where second base doesn't have the guys at the top that third base does. Um but that means that the like the huge drop off happens really really fast mm-hmm. at third as opposed to second where there's some sprinkled values in places. Yeah, it it's really interesting and it opens wide. It gets wide open after Nolan Arenado. You can go a billion different ways. Um, there's a couple guys we're going to talk about. Uh, there might be a Vaughn Grissom at this position too. And if you listen to the second base podcast, you know, that's not a positive thing. I'm sorry, Vaughn yeah. Grissom fans. We didn't have positive things to say just because we're worried about his immediate future. We actually like him long-term if he didn't get to catch that second base pod, but let's get into it. Let's start talking about it. And because of this concern, because of this worry about the position, the thinness of the, the elite class or, or actually the elite class isn't too bad, but the thinness of the secondary and the third cl- tertiary class does that make Jose Ramirez your 1-1? One, one? Yes. When I finished his projection, I think yesterday, um, like the, one of the first thing I did after like I finished like the top like five or six guys at third base, um, wherever that or six or seven where that drop off is, like Bregman, Arenado, um, I, I put him straight into my software, which I, I still cannot hi- more highly recommend Tinder Bell's. Uh, software for for this stuff, um, mm-hmm. you know, 
even if you don't want to do your own projections, you can just import whatever projections you want. You can exactly. Them. You yeah, can you do don't have to do stuff. it like so, we're doing it. And it's seventeen bucks. It's like it's it's so worth it. Um, so after I did that, uh, Jose Ramirez, who was probably like four or five, using kind of just steamer as the as just the placeholder until I had mine done, he jumped up to one. Um, and uh, and that is kind of in line with what I'd already been thinking about uh, prior to the season, just because third base is so bad. And I think the other two guys in that discussion for one, one for me, um, uh, I guess outfield isn't, isn't good either. So I guess you could really make the argument that maybe Acuna should be up there as well um, or whatever other outfielder you really like. Mm -hmm. uh, but Jose Ramirez, I think, is is a pretty easy one one for me, especially because by the time you pick in the second round, a lot of those other options that you know are in that elite tier are now gone. Yeah, um, only so. only Arenado's likely to be there um, based on ADPs. You don't really see the next four drop that who we're going to talk about. Uh, so then you'd have to go with Arenado, or then you're waiting because then there's almost a fifty pick drop from Arenado to yeah. Bregman. Um, so yeah, I'm with you. R Ramirez is my one, one, and it's not really that we're putting him up there. Cause just cause of third base, he's awesome. But then if you're, once you kind of have your four, five, six, seven guys, wh whatever you think uh, the number one candidates are, you start to use tiebreakers. And I think positionality is definitely a worthy tiebreaker and it does move J Ram up to one, one for me. So I, th I think is who too, I would like take. he was amazing last year and he played hurt most mm -hmm. of the year. Like, He's going to be healthy coming in. Uh, like, I think he's just the epitome of a five-category player at a position that is really, really light. He's such a monster. I, I love yes. Jose Ramirez. And so if you get him beyond one, you should be feeling even better. Let's talk about another guy who goes in the first round pretty consistently. Does Bobby Witt Jr. improve in year two, which I think folks would be hoping that he does based on where they're picking him, or does he fall back a bit with the poor plate skills and sub 300 OBP? Um, I don't think he does either. I think what we saw is uh, what he probably is in 2023. 20, uh, I think he is that worth that pick then? Um, he's going about sixth overall consistently. He's not worth six. Uh, I that that to me is a no. Um, and I actually had to like up my projection on him because initially um i did his projection and like he was a mid-second rounder i was like that doesn't feel right and so i went and reworked it um and I, I got him up to about 11 or 12 um and um because when i first did it he was like fourth i want to say in third base i was like no I, I i don't believe that i'm not i'm i'm not taking but or i'm not taking a guy like uh devers over him um so mm -hmm. the the 30 the 30 steals, you know, yeah. and if he adds any due to the new rules for wit, now you're talking 35, perhaps even more. He's still going to only be 23 where you could still see like a crazy running season. He popped 20 homers. Um, what if he, what if he does add there? And he was one of the few guys when we talked about this with the Vinny Pasquantino thing, he's one of the few guys in the last several years for KC that's gone 80, 80 on the runs ribbies. He had 82 runs and 80 ribbies, despite only a 294. OBP, you know, despite not really tearing the cover off the ball in his slash line, Bobby Witt Jr. was still so brilliant. Uh, but it has it has folks really excited because yeah, he's 
six seven ADP right now overall. That's pretty. That's pretty intense. Yeah, I think people are wish casting a little bit on him potentially taking another step forward. I think there could. I think there is a lot of potential for him to take a step back, though. I mean, if yeah. the power isn't quite what we saw, if he doesn't run quite as much. Um, the batting average, I think, is really has got some scary downside uh, to it. So, I've already gotten him in a league that may end up being the last time I get him. Um, There's volatility and, there. I mean, his, yeah. his minor league skills were or stats were unbelievable for Wit. He really, really showed out and then immediately hit the ground running uh, in his first season. You know, despite a 99 WRC plus, he was that good in fantasy. He had that. He has that split of being better in fantasy than real life right now, but he could certainly eventually match those two. But it, prospect growth isn't linear. I could mm-hmm. see a little bit of a dip this year and then a shoot back up in, at age 24 um, in 2024 for Bobby Witt Jr. So mm-hmm. I, I've got him up there, by the way, too. I'm, I'm asking these questions just, uh, you know, out of the abundance he's, of he's caution, third, but he's way he's, up for me. Yeah, he's third for me right now. I think one of the other questions you have to ask yourself is, how good is Kansas city going to be offensively? Mm-hmm. Um, and do they, are they going to be better? I don't know that they're going to be. Uh, and now they're going to be going to a lot of other divisions with really good pitching as well uh, with a more balanced schedule. Like I think there's a lot of questions on Bobby, which Jr. I'm not saying I dislike him or I'm taking him off my board or anything, but I think he is probably being a little bit overdrafted right now. Yeah, I think I think there maybe should be a little bit more caution with him. I'm surprised that he was so firmly in the first half of the first round, but that's what speed is, power and speed at, at a pretty position too. And, yeah, and, and he's yeah. dual eligible. So let's say yeah. you did still want to get a Devers coming back or a Riley, guys we're going to get into in a moment. You could, and then you could just put him at – you could put Witt at short. So, you know, he does have yeah. the dual eligibility. I think there's going to be leagues, especially like a 12-team league, where you have like the wheel, the 12 13 wheel, and you could make a really good argument for being like, I'm gonna take Machado and and wit and drown that pool, absolutely, um, a little bit. So, especially because we've talked about like once you start getting past you know certain guys, it becomes a lot scarier it for position. Runs six deep and then a near Ooh. 50 pick drop. We will get to that in a moment. Manny Machado is your number two guy though. With a 281 projection, 281, 355, 509, with 32 homers, 94 runs, 101 ribbies, and eight chipped in steals. Is he a mid first rounder for you? Because that's pretty robust for Manny Machado. Yeah. And I don't understand why um, other projections don't like him. I asked yeah. because he's 14th ADP, which does mm-hmm. still make him a first rounder in the 15 team leagues, like the draft champions that we're doing. But obviously, in a 12 teamer, that would not be. Uh, meanwhile, Maybe he's your your seven eight nine area guy uh, with Manny Machado. I, I get it, right? Like he's so good. It's not even that I'm down on him. It's just that you were more up on him, and I was uh, I, I was I don't want to say taken aback because again, I don't I don't think you're you're off uh, off base there. I was just like, whoa, Justin really likes him. I thought I, I thought I was pretty fine with uh, Machado, but I've got 29 homers and a 268 average. Again, that's compared to your 32 and 281. The average is where we really split. Um, the, I, and I, I could see. Average, I think I'm afraid of the park. The park scares me, even though he has defeated the park. Maybe I'm overrating that. Then, and I think the the average is the hardest thing to do for Manny Machado. So I I used to when I when I did the FW, FWFB draft guide, which I, I'm not doing this year because I just didn't have time with 
doing the projections uh, next mm-hmm. year. I'll be able to do the project, start the projections earlier and hopefully still do the draft guide. Um, but his last four batting averages, um, 298, 278, 304, 256. This is why I punt batting average in some leagues. Yeah. Because good luck predicting it. Like it's, it's I mean, so hard. It really, really is with batting yeah. average. There's some guys where like, oh, I can write in 275 because he hits mm-hmm. 275 or within three or four points yep. of it every year. But there's a lot of guys like this. Mike Moustakis used to be my example for that article. But now, you know, Manny, Manny Machado, um, maybe, and maybe I'll do a, a version of that article this year for, for the site. Um, Manny Machado is my example. It's like, I don't know what he's going to do in terms so, of batting average. I mentioned the park and why it scared me off a little bit with regards to uh, Manny Machado's batting average because Petco is not particularly friendly to hitters, especially righties, and that's why I have some concerns about uh, Xander Bogarts. I wonder if he learned something or if it was just stone-cold bad luck because his first year there, 2019, he hit 219 with a 230 Babbitt at home. 230 Babbitt says there was probably some bad luck, but I wonder if he just hit into some spots that, hey, that just doesn't work at this park. I need to adjust. The very next year, the Babbitt goes up 100 points to 330, and he hits 353 at home. The last two years has kind of leveled out where he's hit 278 and 280 with a 282 and 311 Babbitt respectively. That's more in the range of, of kind of standard uh, outcomes there. So I, I wonder, I wonder if it was just sheer luck on the negative end in 19 on the positive end in 20. And then he's been kind of living in the middle of the last two years, but I do worry about that park some. So I, I toned him down a little bit at a 268 batting average, but I might take him back up to closer to 275, and that doesn't sound like much. Are you talking about Machado? Because your numbers seem way off. For Machado at home? Oh, at home. Oh, at home. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Specifically at Petco Park. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I just looked at his last three seasons, you know, and obviously 2020 being, you know, very useless for the most part. But, um, you know. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Before you go. I cited that, and yeah. that was only 32 games. I wasn't even thinking about it because I was looking at splits, but that is, so that's part of it there. Yeah. Yes. He probably had good luck, but it was also the fact that it was the, the shortened season. Yeah. Part shortened continue. Season. But like, I mean, last three seasons, he's hit 298, 278, 304. Like I just have a really hard time projecting him to drop all the way down to 266, which is where, like the projection systems have him. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like I went on the lower end of what he's done the last few years. Um, But I, you know, 281, I feel like that's really fair considering it 298 last year, 278, you know, in 2021. Um, Yeah. Maybe I'm a bit high, but uh, this is also a really, really good lineup. He's going to get lots of pitches to hit, especially once Tatis is back. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he beat out the projections again and hit like 290. Yeah, I sauced a couple extra hits his way. I got him now just on the doorstep of, of 280 with a, with a 279 average for Machado. And the other thing I don't get about, you know, where the other projections have him is you look, they have him like 90 runs or 89 runs, 90, you know, 97 RBS. Like, I feel like he's an easy 100-100 guy in that lineup. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, the back half of that lineup isn't great, but he's probably what, going to be in third in that lineup. Like, he's have two really good guys in front of him two really good guys behind him he's going 100 100 like i like the fact that uh, the projection systems don't have him there and i didn't even give him 100 runs 
Um, you know, I probably well, should. Well, especially they got Cruz. We have we have not talked about how they got yeah. uh, Nelson Cruz. And look, I don't know if he's going to get back to being a stud. We we don't know. He's getting old. That was me, uh, age forty three season. Well, if you listen to yesterday's podcast, where we talked I haven't about yet. Him, yeah. I have not yet. So I, I will I will check in on that. You and Mike Curland talking over some things. That's a that's such a deep lineup. It yeah. really looks quite nice. We've talked a bit about how uh, LA's lineup is more mortal now. You look up and down, you go Kim Soto, Machado, Bogarts, Cronenworth, Cruz, Carpenter, Nola, Grisham. That's, without, I, that's without Tatis. Exactly. That's before Tatis comes back. Yeah. I'm still a sucker for Grisham. Sue me. But um, his price is he's priced to buy. That's nice. That's a nice lineup. Even before Tatis gets back, you throw him yeah. back in there. You take Carpenter and you make him more of a platoon guy. He and Cruz can just straight up platoon, basically. That is nice. I'm actually bumping his runs up too. You know what? He got me. He got me more sold here on Manny Machado uh, with everything. And all of a sudden, he's going to jump up and be a lot more snug with uh, Bobby Witt in my projections. So, Manny yeah. Machado. For me, it's first round. like, and it was surprising when I finished his projections, like, because I didn't anticipate him being my number two third baseman. And that's um, why we do these, right? Because yeah. we I, we eyeball things, we gut things, we say, oh, I have him here. And then you say, well, what do you think his numbers are? And then you say somebody's numbers, and you're either way too high or way too low with where you said you thought he was. Oh, he's a top 10 guy. Okay, well, what are his numbers? Then you run him, and it's like he's 18th. And you're like, he's not anywhere near a top 10 yeah. guy. And that's, I think, I think I mentioned this on the really? second base. This is my favorite part of this whole process, though, is learning where I'm kind of full of crap when I say, oh, he's here. I actually put in the numbers I think he's going to be, and he's nowhere near where I thought that would land him. Well, and just seeing how much, just a little bit of movement, like, you know, we were talking about yep. Tyro Estrada, um, and, like, I was like, oh, I updated my shortstop ranks, and I looked, and Tyro Estrada dropped all the way down to 18th after he I kind of plummeted. plummeted. And so, like, just realizing how little or how much movement can happen with just some little tweaks to a projection uh, is, is really, really – now I've got to go back and fix that because he should not be 18th, but um, – you know, like I think it's it's really it's a really fun, interesting process. It's been it's been a blast. I've really enjoyed it. It's arduous. It's it's long, but it has been fun and. Really yeah, I mean, I've been up till three thirty, four o'clock every morning um, for the last few days, just trying. I'm I'm done with first, second, third, and short. We'll do short later this week, and yeah. then uh, and then we'll get into the to the thick ones, the outfield. Yeah, outfield and catcher. Oh, catcher too. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I'm not putting this in the projection. We both have Manny Machado for eight steals, but he has 12 and nine the last two years. We just talked about how a little move can do big things. Mm -hmm. If you put like three extra steals with the rule changes on there, let's say he gets froggy again and goes for 12, that's even more potential value. You know, so there, there's a lot to like there with Machado. Uh, I'm in on him. I agree with you as a first rounder. I had him a little bit lower than you, but uh, he's in my first round. Curious if either of the other two big dogs here. This is finished off the elite class. Raphael Devers and Austin Riley. Are they 15-team first-rounders for you, either of them? No. Okay. No, I, I don't. I mean, I'd have to go. And, and they don't go that, just so people know. that Their ADPs are uh, I guess 20, both 21, basically. Riley's pretty close for me. Okay. Um, Do you have Riley over Devers? Yeah, right. I, mean, I know that. I'm letting you say that. I'm looking right at your projection. And I guess Devers is in the conversation as well. I mean, you know, just looking at, at my sheet. Now, I think that will change once I finish my outfield projections. 
um, and maybe some outfielders to jump over them. But that's true. Um, right now, as things stand, I have Riley it pick you know ranked 16th and Devers ranked 18th, and I think you also really have to start pushing pitchers up there too because right now, you know, starting pitching isn't going in the first round um mm-hmm. or or very much in the second round so i think when you start pushing those starting pitchers up uh as we that's will you know once march comes around and that's uh, nfbc specific let's point that out because mm-hmm. that won't happen as much in home leagues unless your home league does that if yeah you, and you will know if your home league pushes pitchers up but in the nfbc which is what we we focus on a lot they will go up and they will push guys like devers and riley down a handful of spots and machado yeah. too who, by mm-hmm. the way, is not a guaranteed first-rounder, going pick uh, 14 on average, he could push down, and then all of a sudden we're getting him on the turn uh, or early second, and that would be really nice too. Yeah, absolutely. Nolan Arenado, is he your life jacket before the cliff, or do you take on the fall and say, you know what, if I don't have a third baseman by then, I'm going to go for it? Because he's at pick 36, and then the next one is Alex Bregman at 82. What a split. Yeah, I think he technically is, but is he for part, you though? Do you, do you, if you in, are in okay, that spot, I, would you do it, I, I think or do you cliff, just say I'll ride the wave? I think I'm going to ride the wave earlier than Arenado and Bregman. Um, okay. I think that if I don't get Jose Ramirez, Machado, or Bobby Wood Jr., um, then I'm probably not taking a third baseman for a while. Okay, uh, not that I dislike. Uh, Riley or Arenado or Devers or Bregman, but they don't provide really any speed whatsoever. And um, typically in the first two rounds, I'm attacking guys who I think can be five category contributors. Um, You know, for instance, in our draft right now that we're doing, like I took, uh, I took, uh, well, I guess I could. Otani and Romuto. I took Otani and Romuto. So and I would have. So you didn't get like a ton of speed from Real Muto, but you got premium speed at, at a uh, position that doesn't yeah. normally have any and speed. It's a 15 team, two catcher league. Obviously, that mm-hmm. plays into it. But, you know, I wanted, I wanted guys that I know I'm getting five categories from. Uh, and Devers was still on the board. So, like, Devers I and Arenado were Devers, yeah. available. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Devers would have been the pick. Arenado goes a bit later there. So yeah. uh, I like your, I like your start really. Uh, you have, and you got Mullins in the fourth so that you picked up your speed again. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't give a ton, the guy I'm about to say, but Goldschmidt, you also get a little chip in there from an, a position that doesn't usually give it. So you've gotten some unique steals from first and catcher that people don't normally get with, with, uh, you know, eight to 10 chip in from, uh, from Goldie and, and a solid number from real Muto, by the way, We'll talk more about it. There. Actually, no, I'm not even going to ask you because we'll talk more about it that catcher. Yeah. Let's continue then. We both love Cabrian Hayes. We do have a little bit of split um, on his runs and ribbies. I was, I was not, I couldn't really get there too much. I went 72 runs and 54 ribbies, but I, I did go 15 homers, which is a nice power boost for him and 23 steals. You went 13, 21, but 72 and 68. So our big difference there is that RBI total. That is a 14 RBI total. Um, maybe I'm too nervous about Reynolds. Maybe I should just not do that until Reynolds leaves. But uh, even though it's not crazy numbers, I think I want you to sell me a little bit on having those numbers up there for Ryan Hayes. Yeah, I mean, I think that um, Pittsburgh's lineup is not as bad. At the moment, is not as bad as people make it out to be. Now, they're 
the bottom half of their lineup obviously isn't very good, and mm-hmm. their pitching is atrocious with like Rich Hill and Vince Velasquez and uh, JT Brubaker and Mitch Keller are like uh, mainstays in your rotation for this season. You're in. I'm, I'm hearing you're putting them in the playoffs. I'm not. I'm hearing you're saying they're division contenders with wild cards secured. That's uh, what I'm hearing. No, oh, yeah, that okay. that would be wrong. However. <laughs> I kind of like their. I I definitely like their top three. I like their top three a lot, um, and I don't mind G Man Choi and McCutcheon. Not Kutch coming back too. The, honestly, I had done this before McCutcheon was back mm-hmm. there, and I like it. By the way, I love that he's going back. It's just that's so awesome. By the way, that he's going back to Pittsburgh, and uh, and you know maybe playing one more year, maybe two. Has he set up it this final year? I, he, I don't think he said it. But okay, I, I think I it'll mean, probably just depend how he feels at the end of the year. Yeah. But, uh, you know, back where it all started. And that does deepen the lineup a bit. So you like the lineup a bit more. Obviously, you will adjust if Brian Reynolds uh, Yeah, if Brian course. Reynolds leaves, that could cut 15, 20, you know, uh, RBIs off of Karrion Hayes' uh, uh, stat line. Um, but as things stand at the moment, yeah, I... I I really like uh, I like Brian Hayes. Uh, I mean, I don't think it's an overly aggressive, uh, you know. I might be under. I, I'm I'm lower than any projection, the bat uh, or steamer with my 54. And, I, and I'm high, and I'm higher than you know the other projections. So and we're both um, higher on the on the uh, on the runs. And yeah. maybe I shouldn't trust the rest of the lineup to drive. Although those are some of the more professional, you know, more veteran guys there yeah. with G man, Choi McCutcheon and Santana. I do believe they will drive Cabrian in. I think what we should really talk about though, is that we like the power to grow because he didn't really show it last year. And we had actually talked about that a lot on the pod. I remember highlighting, Hey, I don't know if the power is there, but I do think he's a sneaky speed guy. He popped 20 steals. Only hit 244 though. I, I could have never guessed that. I would have said something like the two sixties, uh, with the, with the good steals and then mediocre power, he ends up going seven twenty and two forty four in one hundred thirty six games. We both have him in t- into the teens homers. It's not a huge jump, but you like him to develop into some more power. And then, what do you like for his ceiling for Cabrian Hayes? What kind of power ceiling does he have either this year or down the line? I mean, it's not that I necessarily like him to grow into more power. I just. I projected him for 600 plate appearances. So well, I think the- that's still more because he had seven and 560. I guarantee you, you're not doubling your homer total yeah. with 40 more plate appearances. That's, yeah, still, but- that's still a jump. And it's also kind of giving him a normalized home run to fly ball rate, which was mm-hmm. like, uh, was 6% last year. Um, it may be a little ambitious. I may actually need to dial it back a little bit because we're talking about a guy who's you know, never had a double-digit launch angle. Um, you know, it, the last two seasons has put up sub-30% fly ball rates. Um, so I actually may need to dial it back. See, I'm going the other way. That's I am building in. I think he is going to take a step forward in power, even though it isn't necessarily there in the numbers. 9% homer to fly ball rate the year before, 6 this past year. I get that, and the launch angle's. I am hoping that he dials up and, and and gets into a bit more loft. That's what was so disappointing about the 244 average, though, was that it's not like you were selling out for any power. You had a 49% ground ball rate, 22% line drive rate. I would have thought that would have been more conducive 
to getting some base hits, but they just weren't there for him uh, with Ryan Hayes. And that was kind of a bummer, but I do think he's going to take a step forward age 26 season, hopefully fully healthy. And that's why I put him down for 15 homers, which I do think is a little bit ambitious, but I'm okay. Yeah, I think that's probably too ambitious. You're talking about a guy who doesn't pull the ball at all. It's a really bad ballpark. Hasn't pulled the ball at all. Hasn't. I mean, doesn't mean he, he won't. His highest pull rate was last year at 27%. I'm like fully aware. I'm projecting a change, an improvement, a better player. What is giving you? Why does everything the, have to be in the numbers? Well, but it doesn't have to be in the numbers. What in his approach is telling you he's going to try to pull the ball? Like this is this is wish casting. It's not this just is, wish casting. It though. is wish casting because no, he's he, shown nothing. Like he got he got a 50 grade raw raw power as a, as a prospect, right? I'm expecting okay. him to play into it, and he's got 45 game power or 40. He's probably played more but, like 40. The last the, report that we the, had on him. The but approach, hang on one second. Hang on one second. The last report. I'm expecting the approach to be better for him to be coached into being a better hitter. Like I, I, I understand that like it's not there in the numbers, but I just think that he's going to start playing closer to the power that he has. Like be learn to be a better player. Like learn from your dad, Yo, dad, how do you hit homers? I don't know, dude, maybe pull a ball every once in a while. Look, I can't explain what? it. Maybe that makes the projection shitty and people are laughing at me. And you know what? That's okay. If they are, but I, we see this shit all the time where guys jump well beyond anything that's found in the numbers and like where did it come from well it was in their pedigree as a premium prospect as a quality player the 50 raw now if he only had 45 or 40 raw i wouldn't be projecting that but 50 raw tells me that he can be a 15 home run hitter that is not that special but yeah yeah if he he could be a 15 home run hitter if he was trying to hit on runs I, i don't think that's what he wants to do I disagree because he sure shit does not want to hit 244 with seven homers again. You got to do something. I think he wants so, to spray it. I think that's, I mean, you look at even like, what do you think his second half pull rate was? I don't know. Six. He had six <laughs> pulled balls. I don't know. I, I, I don't care. 20 and a half. I don't, um, I don't even have frame of reference for that. Oh, actually, I know it's usually like closer to uh, like 40%, right? For good pull. Yeah. Hitters. Yeah. I mean, so. We're, and he was, you know, 27 overall for the year. So he actually started pulling less as the season went on. That's fine. Mm. That, that the 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 latter half. You know how much we overrate the second half compared to the first half. Like I'm gonna lower his home run projection. Wildly, do it, do it. Lower him to 10, and I, and be and be lower on Cabrian Hayes. I, I can't I'm wait for this actually, I'm, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna lower him to 11. You could have um, said the same thing about my interest in his steals last year well why he only had nine this year because because he has the speed to do it i think he has the power to get there it doesn't have 15 home runs is not that special you don't have to have special power it doesn't take this is not a fundamental rebuild hang on one second it's not a fundamental rebuild of who he is right to get there for cabrian hayes this is all cabrian hayes talk here sorry we've done a few pronouns there this is this cabrian hayes he does not need to fundamentally rebuild who he is as a hitter he does need to make some changes i do grant you that i'm not i'm not saying that as is he's going to get there i fully fully agree but i don't believe he's a four percent barrel rate I don't believe he's a 5% from 2021. I do believe that. What if he gets to 33% pull rate? That's not even that crazy. And you get a few oppo tacos, you know, 
I just I, I don't think it's that hard to get there is I guess my main point. Get a fully healthy season, which we haven't seen yet, 96 and 136 games. Uh, I've got him for a fully healthy season. You got him for 600 plate appearances, so that's projecting a measure of health. Yeah. So don't you think in a fully healthy season that he can that he can finally start to get into some power? Wouldn't that all be kind of in there? It, I, it is definitely in the range of possibilities, um, but I think it's also uh, – it's also kind of banking on something that we have not even seen him come close to. Now go, he, go grill Dave, go, go grill Dave, Derek Cardi on this. He's got him for 11, which isn't too far off your projection steamer. It's exactly my projection. Now, now go, go yeah. grill steamer. They got him for 13. You know, I'm not, I'm not that wild here with a 15 mark on Cabrizi. I will say you're, you're wild. I'm sticking with it though. Six, right. 15 and 23. Give me some Cabrian Hayes. I, dro- I draw, I dropped it a little bit. So power wise, I, I still think he's going to steal 20 plus bases as long as he's healthy. Um, What'd you have like, his batting average at? I forgot. Uh, I have his batting average at 253. I Two definitely points. think that could come up. Like that for sure could. I think one of them's got to come up, but I really think they come up in concert. So 269, 15 homers, Cabrian Hayes breakout. Um, I'm jumping down quite a bit here just because it's a, a, a pirate. And you mentioned that you like the team a bit and that things are going to be better with that lineup uh, than maybe people think to help uh, the runs and ribbies for some of those guys. But no love for Rodolfo Castro. You've got him just tanked off the board pretty much. And I'm, I'm a little bit curious about that because I thought that he showed some interesting things in his half season. And you've only got him going 214, 278, 393. Uh, again, this is a way down the board uh, DC kind of play, but no love for Rodolfo Castro. Um, no, I don't think he's like very. He's got he's got sixty raw. I, I got maybe, maybe I'm getting a little too into uh, OTP, where I've watched yeah. him blossom into a guy who can uh, pop 20, 25 plus homers. And, you know, switch hitter, 24 years old. I think he's going to play, too. I don't understand the projection for 99 games that uh, that the projection systems have on our Pretty site. Much what I, have. I was going to say, and I imagine that you've kind of matched that at 113 games. I, I'm not understanding that. G1 Bay is really going to play over him? Um, go look at what people played last year in Pittsburgh. They platoon a lot. They don't need um, to platoon a switch hitter, though. And they just mix and match a lot. Like that's fair. I I, I, I just like the worry switch that hitter can avoid that. I think he could, but I didn't. I wasn't ready to project that. Um, so I mean, this is it's definitely a more conservative projection. Uh, so I I hear you, but I I I have to disagree with you though because from the time he came up uh, on August 9th, he played all but two games. He was Rodolfo Castro was not being platooned. And by the way, I'm not oh. advocating for you to like give him some grand projection. Let me give mine just so no, people don't maybe, think I'm like maybe maybe I should move him up to 520, 530 plate appearances. The problem Cause, is cause you are right on the platooning, but I thought that the switch hitter can't avoid it, it, it with Castro, and sure. that's why I gave him a full season. Um, I think my biggest issue with him uh, is that. He's not good at making contact. He's really, really bad at making contact. That that is that is definitely scary. I've only got him for a 240 average and a 295 OBP, with both yeah. of which are are unappealing. But I think there is some real punch there. I don't know why I'm in on Pirates power hitters here because I got him. I got him for 24 homers. Well, this is the only Pirates power hitter that you have that you're in on because Cabrian Hayes is not a power hitter. 
Yes, um, he is. No, I, so, I know he's not. I'm kidding on that part, yeah. but I do believe 15 homers. There is no problem with that. All right, let's get back on to closer to the ADP here. Uh, is Gunnar Henderson the Vaughn Grissom of third base? And yes. again, if you didn't listen to second base, what I mean by that is wildly overrated by the market because according to our projections, that is a resounding yes. Uh, we, we both are are much lower. No, this is, I think, for different reasons, but um, – the ADP is getting really excited on Henderson. I think they will continue to get really excited. And I think he could have like a Bobby Witt Jr. or a um, uh, Julio oh. Rodriguez rise in draft season. If and he goes is, in the fourth round. I I think he's going to. What am I Where's missing he? on him? Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Hey, Orioles fans, hit me up at Spore on Twitter because I, I'm not seeing it. I'm not yeah. seeing it. Man. I really worry about the platoon splits. Um, he was really, really bad uh against left-handed pitching now obviously super super small sample in the majors but he struggled against it in the minors i was gonna say it is part of his minor league history yeah and so that becomes a real issue is i don't think they're gonna platoon him i think they're gonna give him every opportunity um and this becomes a josh naylor situation where josh naylor is really really good against righties really really bad against lefties well the guardians have gone we're going to take away the, or we think mm-hmm. that the guardians are going to do, I mean, they uh, said they're, they're going to they take away. Yeah. We're going to take away those lefty plate appearances. I don't think the Orioles will, which will drag down His Henderson's numbers. numbers. Yes. Um, and so like, I have a really hard time projecting him for, you know, coming close to that batting average last year. Uh, when I have a very strong suspicion that he is really going to struggle against lefties um and that's that's a real problem for me uh, i also don't see the huge stolen base numbers um that i think other people are going to try to project mm-hmm. uh, i know not- he can steal bases and he did in the minors but he's not like an overly fast guy and we're talking about a guy who was up for 132 plate appearances and went one for one on the base pass we're not talking about exactly. a guy who like was taking off when, when after going 22 for 25. So they, they mm-hmm. red, red lighted him, red lit him. You know, they, they totally took Gunnar Henderson's wheels away. Uh, and he's 16 for 18 in 2021. So like you said, he has run in the minors at a pretty solid clip. And those are in 463 and 503 plate appearances respectively. Uh, but then, like you said, one for two, when he comes up to the majors, if they're, if that's just not part of their game where they're really pushing him on the bases, I'm not sure where it's coming from. The projection systems tend to tend to agree, putting him at nine, eight, nine, ten ish, depending on which one you're looking at there. Um, but Steamer is definitely paying and in, playing into the inflation of Gunnar Henderson. They got him for 21 homers. The bat bad X have him for uh, 16 and 15 respectively. We've got his batting average down. I actually gave him more homers than that. I've got him for 18. You got him for 17. The homers I'm fine with. It's the steals and the batting average that have me really concerned about Gunnar Henderson. So I am nervous. He's eighth in ADP, and we have him uh, 15th for you, 12th for me uh, Mm -hmm. in in our rankings there. So I do think there's a little Vaughn Grissom here where he's just being overrated by the market, and I would be careful. And could part of it just be also we've – beat the hell out of the drum that third base is tough and people are just seeing him as like let me get this breakout guy who's power yeah speed. he's lasted quite a while in our draft like mm-hmm. he we're in the uh we just started the ninth round well he um, went in the eighth yeah he went in the eighth round um 
and like at no point was I like, oh, I'm getting Gunnar Henderson here. Nope. I, I mean, I took I took Bregman, um, so I, yeah, I, I had no interest in that. Oh, I didn't put Bregman on the sheet, but I am curious how you feel about Bregman's second half as it relates, since you love second half so much. Uh, and the <laughs> reason I pointed out specifically is not so much that the, the nearer term is is 100% what he's going to be, but because he, he said himself that he finally felt back to 100% mm -hmm. uh, being himself, hit 12 homers in 67 games compared to 11 in 88 games in the first half, 287, 379, 515 for Bregman down the stretch when he was fully healthy again. Are we going to get stud Bregman back? I'm not talking 41 homer rabbit ball yeah. guy, but what about uh, what about upper 20s homer, maybe even 30 like he had in 2018? I'm for 25. Um, okay. The problem is he wasn't like stud Bregman in the second half. He was stud Bregman in August. He was bad in September. What you did know? you hit in September? You're throwing so many stones. He had a 218 Babbitt, to be honest. Um, yeah. So I kind of give him, you know, I, I a that's, little bit. Yeah, sure. But yeah, I, I mean, like some bad luck. But yeah, he was he, he was awesome in August. It did come crashing down a bit in September because the hits just weren't falling. But I, I could relook at it again. I don't want to speak on a turn because I haven't looked at it in a while. I think the metrics were still there, though. I still think he was hitting the ball well. And I do think Bregman fell on some bad luck in that September. And he found some good luck in that August. He had a 338 sure. bad bit in, mm -hmm. in, uh, in August. So, I mean, I th the hard part about Bregman is how long can he be healthy for? He got injured in the playoffs um, in the World Series. Uh, now it's just a broken finger. Like, it, you know, it's going to be fine. So Kind of a fluke accident, yeah. And but he, he hit he's just a guy, in every series. He's just a guy who gets hurt all the time. And I want to believe that he's past that. But I think this is one of those situations where I'm probably going to need to see him put together a full But it doesn't season. cost him games, right? At 91 games in 2021, that's really it. Um, otherwise, four 155-plus seasons. Only 42 games in 2020. I don't give a shit about yeah, that. You know that. I know you said that to tweak me. <laughs> I really like Bregman. I'm very much in on him. He kind of is my guy at third if I don't get the studs. And took to be him honest, in this draft, yeah. I took him in this draft. This is not my first draft getting Bregman, and it won't be my last. And even if I do get a stud, if I somehow walk into a one pick and I get Ramirez, I'm not out on Bregman still. I really believe that he can have another big season again. Not 41. I'm nowhere near the 41 homers, but I do believe he can be upper 20s again with a chance at popping 30. He plays that stadium very well. He knows how to pull and leverage those mm -hmm. Crawford boxes. He and Altuve tied for fourth. I mentioned this in the uh, first base episode. Tied for fourth and most pulled homers since 2020. And I didn't use 2019 because I didn't want it to overly inflate the sample. Uh, I got him for 26. So nothing too crazy. I also well, did some time off. Many, yeah, how many plate appearances do you have? Because I, I was 25. Yeah, I have him for 25, and, but I have him for 625 plate appearances. So Only 10 off. We're, yeah, we're 10 plate appearances and one homer off each other. So I think we're probably right in line. Yeah, we're not, we're not too far off there. So we're not, we're not arguing on him. In fact, our, our dollars are cents apart, 19 yeah. cents apart. In fact, you have him higher, but we think that's a replacement level thing right now. Um, yeah. So we're not uh, – I need to get to the bottom of that when I finish the rest of my projections. Let's continue on. No confidence in an Anthony Rendon bounce back for you. You hate this man. You've got him for a buck, a whole ass buck. Uh, let me get your projection up here real quick on, on Rendon. And listen, I can't really blame you with what he's done health-wise. Uh, 110 games is, is the big issue here because, you know, 259, 358, 451, that's 
that's not horrendous. You, you don't think he's garbage when he plays, uh, but 110 games, 15 homers, 53 runs, 63 ribbies for Rendon. Obviously, you're going to make him show you. I've only got him for 125 games, so I don't want to pretend that I'm like way off, you know, way above here. But our 259 to 271 batting average difference is pretty stark. Um, I still like him to be pretty good Rendon when he plays, even though I am baking in a decent bit of missed time as well. Talk to me about your Rendon feelings right now and if he's somebody you'll ever find yourself heading back to this year in drafts. It seems super, super unlikely that he ends up on any of my teams this year unless it's like a 10-team league and I'm like just taking a gamble right at the end of a draft type of thing, mm-hmm. um, which I plan on playing in a, you know, some Yes, you are expanding year, so. your um, mm-hmm. formats this year. Last mm-hmm. year, you cut the 12s because how much of a pain in the ass they are with the fab between the other leagues. This year, you said, you know what? I will embrace that volatility. I'm going to play all yep. sorts of formats. Yeah, uh, and I think we're going to build those leagues through uh, through the uh, Patreon, the, uh, the Discord channel. So That sounds great. Um, uh, once I'm done with my projections here in the next week, I'll probably start transitioning towards that. Um, yeah, I just I don't know what he's going to be. And I think that becomes the hard problem is he was there are certain players where uh, and you and I've you know been talking a lot about our projections as we do them. There's certain guys where it's like, OK, it's pretty easy for me to pencil in 600 plate appearances and this amount of home runs. And like there's pretty some pretty standard guys. And then there are guys who are like, well, I'm definitely higher on the market, uh, on a guy than the market, or lower on a guy in the market. And then there are guys where I have no fucking clue. Like, I, <laughs> like if Anthony Rendon played 35 games this year, I wouldn't be shocked. If he It'd played hard to be 140 yeah. games, I wouldn't be shocked. And I have no idea within those games played and those played appearances what he's going to be because he's missed so much time. Mm-hmm. Like, could he be? peak or close to peak Anthony Rendon yeah I'm sure he could be could he just be a shell of his former self even full-time playing time yeah um and that volatility means I won't draft him okay Um, I I, I don't think that's completely unfair I I really don't um this guy I've had a soft spot forever he came back to his time at Rice very few people bigger fans of Anthony early career Anthony Rendon than me um but I just and even like the year he fell apart in in Los Angeles, like I had a lot of Anthony Rendon that year. Uh, I just don't know. Like I have no clue. Like I mean, yeah, it, and I don't think anybody does. Like no, it, it's tough. You got to go with with what you got and just put down a number. You know, 131 games by uh, Steamer. Actually, that that's our depth charts that they get the playing time from. So we put him down for a buck 31. Um, I've got him. I've got Anthony Rendon for. 125 so i'm not i'm not even going too crazy on him myself you had him i said i think for 110 so we're all baking in a lot of time i think that you have him a little bit lesser when he is playing which i get because if he's missing 50 games then he might be injured during some of the ones that he is playing and then that's why you're also bringing down the numbers a bit more so and we are a little split about at a position where like there is no replacement value like if, that's the scary part is it and it you lose if he, Rendon. if he's your third baseman like m- hopefully he's your CI, yes. Uh, if he, you know, or or util, or he's got to be. You, if you took but, Anthony Rendon as your starting third baseman, the rest of your team better be so immaculate. Yeah, uh, I just I don't want him on my team. I just that's don't. fair. That's fair. I, I I can't I can't really hate on you too much for that. Uh, you know who I, I do I want on my team though? Who's and that? I'm on the clock. Nathaniel Lowe. Son of a bitch. 
I was hoping I could talk you out of that. <laughs> I was I was above board though. I said, "Listen, I don't want you to take him. I'm going to take him if you don't." Um, but it's gonna, it's gonna fuck my roster construction. It's your second first baseman. Uh, you're one of two guys to to kind of drain that pool of the upper tier. Uh, James is it Gable? Is that how you say his last name? Yeah, I think James Gable, Gable went Abreu past Quintino. You went Goldie Low. So uh, screw both of you. You guys are a couple of huge jerks, and uh, I hate you guys. So there, there's that. Dang it. Yeah, I really was hoping that you'd go outfielder, which is probably what you should have done for your team construction, but I cannot blame you for simply just taking the best player on the board and figuring it out when it comes to the outfield. Can I, can I play low in the outfield? Can I you can Make an exact executive decision and just move him to the outfield? I don't know that they're going to let you do that. However... That was actually a decent little uh, tangent because we are going to talk about his teammate now, Josh Young, J-U-N-G, for those uh, that are looking for uh, Y-O-U-N-G. Like, who are they mm -hmm. talking about? Uh, so like, it's not like Carl Young. Yeah, like the, exactly. the great-grandson of Carl Young. Exactly. Um, yeah, so it's not Josh Jung. It's Josh Young. Do we see the Josh Young breakout this year? He got 102 plate appearances last year. Uh, which the triple slash was unimpressive, 204, 235, 418, but he did pop five homers and steal two bases. So it was a little blip, and it was an all-or-nothing kind of blip for Josh Young. Obviously, we're not putting too much weight into that. Do we see the breakout from him? Because he returned from the injury as well. He just came up, got a few things going, and uh, is this the year that we see things go crazy for him at age 25, Josh Young? Um. I don't know about going crazy for him, but I think he's going to be a lot better than if, than – uh, the projection, other projection systems are saying. Uh, I agree. Uh, We're both pretty high on him relative to the market, too. He's the 17th guy off the board at third base. You have him 14th. He's my 10th guy. So I, I do think the break. Oh, wow. Yep. So you, you're even higher than me. So um, I think that they are reading way too much into 2022. We have to remember that he had that really bad shoulder injury, uh, I think, in spring right. training that cost him almost the entire year. They didn't even think he was going to play in 2023 yeah. at all. He not only played, but he got a hundred plate appearances in both the uh, minors and the majors um, and was pretty good in triple a. Uh, and there were some bright spots in the majors. Now he definitely was not himself yet. No. Um, Do you want to tell them what the strikeout rate was? Yeah, the strikeout rate was 38%. I don't think uh, that's who he is, Josh Young. Like, I, I think we can confidently he, say that's not him. He made league average zone contact. Yeah. And he wasn't egregiously swinging outside the zone either. Um, you know, swing strike rate was 13%, which should have given him like a 25% uh, strikeout rate. Uh, I think he was, he was a little bit passive at times. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he had an almost 20% uh, cold strike rate. Uh, I think you know, this is a guy that has shown double-digit walk rates in the minors. Um, he has shown, you know, pretty much, you know, 20% strikeout rates in the minors. He's got a, you know, probably a 60-grade hit tool, in my opinion. I, um, I would agree with that. And he's got 60-grade power as well. So, yeah, I think he's going to play every day, uh, you know, as long as he's healthy. And I think he's going to hit for a fair amount of power. Um, and I don't think it's going to be at, with a batting average that hurts you. I think, you know, 250, uh, 260 is in the ballpark. And I think there is a scenario in which he hits 30 plus homers. 
Um, now, I don't have him projected for 30-plus homers. I have him projected for 24. Uh, yeah, you don't want to be the, conservative. You don't put the pure breakout as yeah. the projection like that. That You know, you don't give them their 90th percentile uh, breakout there. But I like Josh Young a good bit. I've got him. You got him for 24 homers, like you said. I got him for 23. So you actually have him for more homers. I think um, we have a big batting average split. You got 256. I got 272. So that's where I'm liking mm -hmm. him to jump up. And the counting categories. We are 12 RBIs apart with my 80, uh, 82 to your 70. And we are 10 runs apart with my 74 to your 64. So that does end up being a decent gap between us. But uh, it's we're still both ahead of the market. So do you see yourself getting some Josh Young shares this year? I hope so. I really do. Um, I don't know that I've gotten him yet in a draft, but uh, he's definitely going to be a target of mine, uh, you know, at the draft table, especially because I think there are going to be a lot of drafts for me uh, in which I don't get a third baseman early. And he will be, you know, him and Justin Turner. Um, and, uh, you know, we're going to talk about Jordan Walker, I assume, here uh, mm -hmm. shortly. Um, you know, these are going to be some of the guys that I look to pick up. Absolutely. Now, I remember at, on the first base one, we we at least mentioned Jose Miranda because I asked if his third base eligibility was boosting him. Did we go into details? I can't remember due to my old age if we discussed him at any uh, great length or not. Do you remember? I believe we did. Okay, so then if you want to hear more about Jose Miranda, check out the first base episode. And if we didn't, then we'll talk about him. I'm sure we'll talk. Time. I mean, I think people... You really uh, like him. I mean, I like him... But I don't like him, I think, as much as the market does. The market um, loves some Jose Miranda. Yeah, the, I think the market is projecting some growth in the power that I, I just don't know that I buy. Yeah. Um, oh, again, you're actually tied with the market, though, at third base. Oh, 11, 11. Both y'all got 11. I got him 18th, and I don't even hate him. How, much, how many homers uh, you got for Miranda? 21. Okay, we're, we're dead even there. So you think the market might have him? They, they, are they thinking no, that he could jump up in power like uh, upper 20s or That's more guessing uh maybe not maybe the market's right with me if if, if i'm you know not that far uh above I, I am eight seven spots different than you then what, what do you got runs and ribbies uh i have runs i have 69 runs and nice. 77 rbis okay we're almost deadlocked average this might be it 273 269 why are we so uh, it must be the replacement level stuff again then and just yeah. guys I, I have higher because i'm not out on miranda at all but i'm not either i like miranda um, at 18th that's, a, that's I, a little bit tough you know the only issue i think with miranda is like i don't think miranda has a huge upside like i think i think miranda has a very safe floor um i think he's gonna hit for average I I he's gonna have high teens low 20s homers um, that is a pretty, like, it's not a great lineup, but it's a pretty good deep lineup. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I think he can score runs in RBIs no matter where he bats in that lineup. So, I I mean, I like Miranda. Um, I, I'm i actually surprised I'm right there at ADP. Me too. Uh, I think it was different. Maybe it was different at first base. I at first, I yeah. I'm, yeah, at first base, I'm pretty sure I'm, like, uh, at first base, oh yeah, the market has him as the thirteenth first baseman. He's your sixteenth and my twenty second. Yeah, okay. But so it seems like our projections aren't too far off, though. So again, it, it might just be kind of how everyone else shakes out and where it puts mm -hmm. him. Um, even at just a two twenty two, mm -hmm. is A. Eugenio Suarez's batting average projection too high? <laughs> Potentially, uh, I 
believe so. You know, we talked about when that trade happened, right? All the focus was on Winker and, and how much it damaged him and everyone that was on that was correct, you know? So if he didn't draft him last year because of that, and he also, you know, he had some injury issues too, but I, I really think even if he had stayed healthy, that park was just going to ravage Jesse Winker. But the forgotten part of that deal was Suarez until he started raking again and he popped 31 homers, which is the same number that he'd hit in Cincy, uh, 87 ribbies up eight from what he did in Cincy the year before, but his batting average surged up to 236, which was really nice despite hitting because he had 198 the year before in Cincy. Babbitt went from 224 to 302. A 302 Babbitt on its face isn't crazy. I think for present-day Suarez, though, that's kind of the high end, and I'm bringing that sucker down a bit. And so even the 222 projection, I think it's a little bit too high that you have on Suarez here, and uh, that happens to be kind of our split on him because I got him for a 213. Uh, batting average for a Eugenio Suarez. What say you to that? You might be right. I mean, I I, I obviously could see him. You know, I think a lot of it depends on the bat bit. Uh, you know, yeah, not, yeah, nine points by the way is a handful of hits. Let's be clear. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not saying like you love him and I hate his guts, but I'm putting two thirteen, knowing that sub two hundred is very much in in the cards again for Suarez. My main point is I worry that people are going to get a bit drunk on last year and feel like he's back back, and I don't think he's back back. Eugenio Suarez. Yeah. No, I I don't either. I mean, he had the worst zone contact of his career, and it wasn't even particularly close. Um, you know, his his previous worst zone contact was eighty two point seven percent. And last year was 79.8%. Um, and he's a career, like, 85% zone contact guy. Um, so, I mean, he's well below league average and his career, which is right around league average. So, um, I think I think you have to prepare for him to probably hit lower than 222. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a reasonable expectation that he could hit below 200, uh, given what we see at the plate now i i have a really hard time projecting that um and maybe i do need to lower my projection a little bit maybe drop him to like 215 or something uh yeah and that's only sh- again that's shaving off like a hit or two so i yeah. I, I get that it's not it's a just, huge thing he just hits the ball so damn hard he does he smashes the ball when he makes contact i just worry that if he gives anything else back in contact like you said it's already troublesome that if he any ounce that he gives back can really be exponential to the batting average there for a Eugenio Suarez. And I do really feel that the sub 200 is very much in play with him. So here's the thing. If you do draft him, you hope to get lucky and maybe get another 230 or a 220. You better prepare your batting average around him. You yeah. absolutely better be stocked to take on a real, real troublesome batting average. Pair him with Stephen Kwan and be happy. There you go. That, that's not that's not a bad idea there. Will the Green Monster not eat up some homers for Justin Turner? You've got him with 17, which is not crazy, but L.A. is a much better park for righty homers than Fenway because of the Green Monster. I've got him for 12. I wonder if maybe you're on the very high end there, his like 100th percentile, um, and I, I, I wonder if maybe you're a little bit too high. Au contraire, mon frere. Let's hear like it. That- like yes, that I do. That's French. that's French. That's French, folks. Um, French was actually my first language for for those wondering. Oh, wow. 
uh, I don't don't speak it anymore, but uh, that's a, a story sure, for you, a different you, you time. swear all the time. Yes, this is true. Um, he actually would have had more home runs in Boston than he would have playing all of his Yeah, that was last year's batted ball distribution. That doesn't actually that doesn't and, and actually and I'm actually wrong. Oh, <laughs> I'm misremembering that. So on um, contraire, mon on, frere. Yeah, contraire on frere. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I may be a little bit, I may be a little bit high. I'll tell you, and all I would suggest is to maybe shave back three, four, five of them. Uh, cause you know, we're five apart. You don't have to go all the way down to where I'm at, but I would maybe funnel it back into his batting average. Cause I've actually got him for a 297. I think Justin Turner mm-hmm. can, can really, uh, you know, bounce back up in batting average at the cost of the, the pop, but end up still being a very similar player there. So we're not too far off overall on how we feel about him um as far as as far as the projections it's just the distribution of the the stats where you've got a few more homers i've got more base hits so i think he's going to beat up the wall a bit lose a few homers but i think the batting average could be really nice for maybe you go suarez or i mean maybe you go turner to cover your suarez shares there because uh i do think he could surge back up in batting average that's kind of my thing with uh, with justin turner going to fenway this year yeah and i mean I think it all comes down to like how much does he play? Like I mean, two ninety seven is a little high, by the way. He's only, he only hit that recently in the in the nothing season twenty twenty. Uh, he hit three twelve in twenty eighteen, but we're a bit removed from that. I'm probably going to get it back closer to two ninety. But my bottom line is, I think the power will come down and the batting average will go up for Justin Turner. So I still like him. I just think fair. it's a different kind of fit for what you might want there with him going to the green I'm, monster. I'm, I'm going to drop him. I'm going to keep the batting average the same, but I am going to drop him to sixteen home runs. Um, but I'm not gonna drop him a ton because I, I think that uh, maybe he gets a little bit of power back just based on being healthy and, and not having. And he, to play and the he field. can go over. He can go over the wall. Yeah, it's not. It's not automatically going to uh, to snuff him out there. But I just want to put a little food for thought out there with with Justin Turner. Okay, we are completely split on Jordan Walker. You alluded to him earlier. Um, because of a conversation we had last night, I kind of have an idea of what you're going to say, but I want you to share it with the folks. You have him 18th. I have him 35th. ADP has him 23rd. I like Jordan Walker when he comes up, by the way. This is not, I gave him, you know, I didn't give him like a 162 average with two homers, but I only gave him 92 games. And that's where we're split right now because I'm just not seeing the playing time. And I, interestingly, it's another player that determines uh, a lot of our difference here. And for folks that have listened for a long time, we'll know mm-hmm. that that's Dylan Carlson. Yeah, I'm just not out on him yet, and uh, you're ready to kind of uh, push him down quite a bit because that's that's where the playing time would come. Is that you put O'Neill in the center, and then that opens up left field for Walker because obviously third base. Uh, you'd be putting up. New, yeah, you'd be putting Newt Bar in the center, but yeah, um, Newt Bar over O'Neill is Newt Bar mm-hmm. a true center fielder? Okay, either way, yeah. Newt Bar in the center then. Um, Talk to me about Walker. I've got him for 92 games. How many do you have him for? And, and give me an idea of uh, why you have him for the number that you uh, have. I have him for 125 games. And honestly, I think that may be playing it a bit conservative. Um, I think Walker is up early. Uh, and I think there is a legitimate Who cares chance. about what time he wakes up? Um, I do. Because he's, that means he's working hard <laughs> on his game. That was and a stupid he, joke, yeah, and you made I, it better. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for playing into it. Go ahead. Continue. You're welcome. Um, I think they're first of all, let me just say this. If you if you are interested about Cardinals players, definitely go listen to French Fantasy Benefits Cardinals preview that went up with Matt Thompson. Matt Thompson, uh, he works Prospect Lives, one of my co-owners 
at Friends of Fantasy Benefits. And nobody knows the Cardinals as good as Matt Thompson, especially from the minor league uh, system. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a big Cardinals guy, and he goes to a lot of the Cardinals uh, minor league games. Um, the Cardinals have a lot of players who are going to play in the WBC. Um, Ten. Yeah, and which means Jordan Walker is going to play a lot in spring. And Jordan Walker is good. He is very good. I think he's major league ready right now. I think the the question becomes because he came up as a third baseman and now he's having a transition outfield because obviously he's not going to supplant Arenado defensively at third base. Um, if he is ready defensively, he will be up. And if he's up, he's playing every day. Um, and I think that he could easily force his way onto the opening day roster for a team like the Cardinals who want to win. Um and probably aren't going to care necessarily about holding his service time down, especially with the new incentives to bring your young stars up uh, mm-hmm. in terms of getting draft picks and stuff. Um, I think there's a legitimate chance I'm actually way low on his projection right now and that he is what everybody is which casting Gunnar Henderson into being, and he should be the fourth round pick. Well, I'll say this. If he breaks camp the way J-Rod did, Jordan Walker yeah. will move up commensurate yeah. with that. I, I don't think you're in light right now because it is still an open question. He, he needs to be locked in mm-hmm. to that playing time before you can fully give it to him. But your, your 125 games is certainly not out of pocket. You've got him basically coming up about a month before me. So May instead of uh, instead of yeah. June, I got I got like Memorial Day. I pretty much, yeah, I pretty much have him yeah, breaking camp as soon as like the service time game stuff. Um, and I think a lot of it does come down to what you said. Um, what do they do with Dylan Carlson? Dylan mm-hmm. Carlson, um, and again, I recommend you go and listen to that podcast with Matt because Matt was a huge Dylan Carlson guy when he was coming up from the minor leagues, and Matt's like, uh, I'm done with Dylan Carlson. No, um, well, and I haven't listened to it yet. I actually downloaded that this morning based on your recommendation. No... Um, not love, not that's not the word I'm looking for. No, no, uh, um, God, why can't I think of words? You're not giving him any credit for playing through injury and, and giving him a little a little leeway there for Carlson. I'm not, and I can understand other people that will, but I never liked Dylan Carlson. No, no, so I I'm know. Not, I guess yeah. I guess Matt specifically. I, I, the question would be better for he's him not. because if he liked him and now he's quitting him, because that's that's where I'm at right now. Because I've loved him, we've always had the debate. You've never been in on him, that's totally fine, and that drives some of your Jordan Walker love. Um I just don't think they're, they're going to give up on him. I don't think they're going to send him down. He is 24, though. It's not, I on, think they it's not are out of the realm. I think but here's the thing. I think he needs to relearn how to hit. At Even game. with what we're considering a pretty rough season, he was a league average bat. Yeah. It's not like he put up some 62 WRC+. plus. Um, his uh, homer to fly ball rate halved down to six. I think we attribute some of this to the injury. Again, I'm not I'm not trying to sell you because I know I'm not going to sell you on Dylan Carlson. I couldn't sell you when he was good. I'm not going to be able to sell you when he's coming off of a tough season. So I grant that. I, I fully understand that. But that's that's what gives me pause about Walker being up that quickly. And I have more of a um, Memorial Day arrival for him. And I'm, I'm going to yeah. stick with that until we see things change. Obviously, if things change, I'm going to you know, make the commensurate change and, and boost him up to say 130 games. And then my, my numbers will of course rise for him. Here's the question then, how much are you drafting him? Because you're, you're well above the market. Do you have Jordan Walker yet? And I do not have you- Jordan Walker yet, but this, I mean, I hadn't done his projection yet. 
Um, so well, there's a draft where you don't have a third baseman. He may end up being my third baseman. So, uh, what if I think of this round just to screw <laughs> literally just <laughs> no. to block you? I overdrafted by 120 picks. Are you gonna double tap on, on Josh yeah. Young and uh, in in uh, yep, I'm draining Walker that pool, baby, right my, now. My third base, my corner, and my util. What's go? What's up? <laughs> yeah, right. I will um, not do that. Yeah, I think I'm going to start getting aggressive on him um, okay. in kind of the same way, uh, you know, for, for those who I don't even know if I ever said this publicly. Matt is the person who told me uh, in like January or February that um, Julio Rodriguez was making the opening day roster. He um, right. And he was right. Matt is, um, you know, uh, Matt, Matt is like one of the most underrated people in the industry. Um, and I know he focuses a lot of his work now on just straight up prospect stuff over prospect live, but, uh, I, I trust Matt a ton, especially when it comes to prospects and Cardinals, especially Cardinals prospects. So Matt's that dude. He is absolutely yeah. that dude. So I, I totally he, get that. Yeah. He, he caught, he caught in college. Like he, he knows baseball, he knows the game. Um, and so I do definitely defer a lot to him on prospect stuff. So I'm, I may get pretty aggressive, especially before there is news out and before spring training starts. Because once spring training starts and he goes on and hits eight home runs, like the price is going to get. Or even if he just hits time. four and, and they yeah. say he's breaking camp. You know, once, once yeah. that is clear, if it, if it indeed happens, watch out. He is a yeah. J-Rod. He is a Bobby Witt. Um, he's going to go through the roof there with his draft pick. So, yeah, if you like Walker, you might want to get in some drafts now, secure some shares. It doesn't mean you don't get them later, but you're going to have to pay the premium. So you might want to – and, hey, hey, I'm telling you right now, look in the camera. You love him. Don't fucking draft him all February and then not draft him yeah, once, no. you idiot. And, I mean, here's the thing, too. What are the two worst positions in fantasy this year? Third base and outfield. And, and he's third base right now, and he's going so to I, I don't want to hear – Remember in January when I told you it was so good and I didn't get him in any league where I'm paying. I don't think he where qualifies as the next Cedric Mullins because I think he's still going to. No, no, no. I, I'm not but saying that, but I'm just saying you had other guys yeah, that aren't yeah, Cedric no, sure. that you loved and then like you Craig walked when the price yeah. went up. And there's other people that do that too. Um, so it's a phenom- phenomenon that is not unique to you. It's that we love our guys. And, and then once the price goes up, we're like, well, I've already got them. I don't want to pay this premium. And it's this like, is why I really like doing the projections and then having the values run for me. Yeah. Um, because it allows me to just kind of stay true to uh, what, what you I got. believe. Yep. Yeah. You're not going just off your gut. You say you've got these numbers down. You believe in your own numbers. Go for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you even drafting Yohan Mankata at this point? Hard shift to somebody who is not uh, making anybody too excited right now. Are you even drafting Mankata in, in drafts at this point? No. I I mean, I think they're, it, it, the 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 market has finally cooled on him. Yes. But for too time. many years, uh, they have continued, people have continued to draft him based on his prospect pedigree um, because he was supposed to be a Hall of Famer before he, he reached the major leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're now at a point where I think he's got to prove that he can stay healthy and he can be productive when healthy. And he has done neither of those things recently. Double hamstring injury last year, um, similar to India, where he had it and then re-injured a couple months later. Oblique injury as well. Three IL stints really limited him. I think the only thing that you could maybe get like a little tinge of Moncada excitement from is the fact that he only hit two fewer home runs than the year before, despite 
playing almost 200 plate appearances less. So, you know, that there was, it, but it wasn't actually an increased pop. The ISO was 148 to 141. So the pop went down. It was just that he was hitting a few more homers um, and, and the doubles rate came way down. Walk rate went almost in half from, well, no, literally in half from 14 to 7%. Strikeouts are still up there. They're not as crazy as they were that one year when he struck out like uh, a million times on called third strikes or whatever, but he's still at 25, 26. So he's got a quarter strikeout rate and then only 7% walk. He doesn't run. Um, he never really has, by the way. It was 12 and 10 were the first two years that uh, that Moncada did anything. And then since then, since 2020, in, including those 52 games, he has five steals in seven attempts. And I get it because he's been hurt, so he doesn't want to add potential injury via base running that that isn't necessary uh, you know, for, for his game. So I, here's the thing, and I, I don't say this to like – couch it so that I can go back and say, I, I was in on this. If he pops off, I wouldn't actually be surprised if he had a fully healthy season and went bananas. I wouldn't. I'm not drafting it though. I'm certainly not projecting it and I don't expect it to happen. So he's like one of those guys that I'd be like, Oh, okay. I lost on him because I didn't draft him, but okay. He did bounce back. Good for Moncada, but I just, I just don't see it. And I don't really see a reason to draft his bland 15 homers in 240 average, you know? Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I think he is um like I, I expect him to be better than he was last year, but that's just not saying much. How could he point. not? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like uh if you're not, then you might be getting sent I, to the minors. He had two twelve last year. I think the hard part too is he's not running anymore. That's that's um, what I'm saying. Like he doesn't yeah, run. And, and I think that in order for him to find a path to fantasy value, because I don't think he is ever going to tap into prodigious power. Um, he has to do both. And I don't know that one, he even wants to run. And I definitely don't think the White Sox want him to run, especially after double hamstring injuries. Yeah. May maybe if he came back a hundred percent, he's just the healthiest he's been, you know, since like 2018 or something. That's the only way I can see it, but I would never project it. I think I gave him. He's definitely a guy to watch though in spring. Like if he, sure. if he's looking healthy, if he, um, strikeout to walk rate is really, really good. Especially uh, if he gets the walks back. The 7% yeah. from Moncada particularly scared me. Having your walk rate is rough. So yeah. that I, I agree. Watch him in spring, and then maybe you can get a little interested and take him as a late flyer. But uh, as it stands right now, like, these I, winter I don't drafts, think the power in his bat is completely gone. I just don't know that he's ever been able to tap into it completely or he hasn't been able to tap into it completely recently because of the injuries. Yeah. Um, and I honestly, I mean, you know, and this is really just, uh, it's narrative building, but, and I hate doing this. He doesn't seem like the kind of guy that really cares about baseball that much. Like he just, he might not that, like, that I don't know, but it's I, tough with Moncada, right? Cause you yeah. want to like him. He seems like somebody that could be a really fun superstar. He's built like a guy that should be a monster. Exactly. And this monster. is a stupid reason that has nothing to bear with anything, but he has a cool name too. Like he just seems like it'd be <laughs> fun if Yoan Moncada, Yoan Moncada now, you hear? Go listen to In This League podcast for uh, more hilarious things like that, including uh, Aldoberto Mondesi. A happy 40th birthday to Bogman yesterday. Had a baby Bogman hitting the big 4-0. So yeah, Moncada, I'm not drafting him in any winter drafts. The only way I would maybe get a little bit of interest is exactly what you said. If spring changes and we do get like a best shape of his life, something or other, and he actually does something too. I don't want to just read a report about it. And then he goes out and has a bland spring. If he comes back, he's walking, 
His strikeout rate is at like 23 to 25%. He pops a few dingers, maybe even steals a couple bases. Then I could see taking one flyer share. But other than that, no shot. All right, let's have the Brett Beatty, uh, Eduardo Escobar discussion here. Because the Correa news of him leaving the Mets had to be good for Brett Beatty. If I'm not mistaken, you're a Beatty fan. I'm a Beatty fan. I'm having a hard time getting there with the playing time projection, though. Yeah, I, that's... I think they're going to stay pretty committed to Escobar unless he gets even worse than he was last year. And he was pretty bad. 240, 295, 430. The power was still there, 190 ISO. But a 295 OBP, once you hit below 300, that's a really, really rough marker. But 20 homers, 69 runs, uh, batted in, 58 scored for a 34-year-old Escobar. Now, the bat doesn't like him. He gave him... 317 uh, plate appearances. Now, we talked about the the um, playing time thing. He said that that comes off of our... It's off of depth charts. But um, it can't it be will... because our depth charts has them for 115. So that's the interesting thing so here. I, I, there had to have been we... some mistake because also Beatty actually didn't make it in to the bats first run. So I wouldn't I wouldn't take anything from Escobar's projection. I wonder if it's off like a bat. previous like it's off as of, of previous pre-Correa. Like, yeah. Well, he still would have um, had a projection though. So something happened where his numbers didn't get in to the first run. He said it would come back out uh, when ATC runs cuz that's where he gets his playing time from mm -hmm. for the official. So anyway, I want to know more about what you think though. Do you still want to take Beatty now that Correa is not going to be there? How fearful are you of Escobar? You do have him for 451 plate appearances. You have Beatty for 263. So clearly you're not uh, uh, getting the warm and fuzzies about Beatty. Are you still going to take any flyers on him in draft champions or anything, though? Yeah, in draft champions I will. Because I don't think Escobar's good. And I think that part <laughs> really hurts him. Um, you know, because he's one of those guys that has kind of fence-scraping power. And that is not a great place to hit. Mm -hmm. um, I do think Beatty has real power. But I think they're going to give Escobar and that contract every opportunity um, to play uh, at least out the gate, not to mention Beatty's coming off of thumb surgery. We don't know how, yeah. you know, you know how he's doing. This could be something that completely turns around in spring training. Um, and so I'll take a couple like, like late shots um, on Beatty right now with the hopes that, maybe Beatty comes into spring training and is crushing the ball. And it's clear that he is the guy that should be their everyday third baseman. Um, the beauty of the Mets is I think they do not care about contracts in general at this wait, point. Wait, wait, wait. You just said that they're going to care about his, about Escobar's contract. No, I think they, I think they want to give him the first shot. Oh, okay. But, but, but if I think not, then they will. I think they want to win a World Series. Like True. they, yeah, they, they, like look what they did with Robinson Cano and just eating that deal. Yep. Um, but what did they do? They also gave Robinson Cano the first opportunity because of the contract. So okay, so that's um, what you're saying. Okay, I, I thought yeah. I thought you were saying opposite things there. And by the way, both guys are post 400 picks. So if for some reason you are an Escobar guy, you can get him. Uh, but if you are a Beatty guy, you can get him at pick 450, 460. Uh, 475 is actually his ADP, so you can go even later if you want um, and take your shot there and just hope that 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 things break for him. I agree with you on the health piece, that if Beatty comes into camp healthy, looking sharp, all of a sudden that could really change the dynamic there. But as it stands right now, I couldn't really get him – for much of a projection as far as playing time and, and thus yeah. he ended up pretty low on my list. 
Yeah, mine, mine as well. And I mean, I'm a, I'm a big Beatty fan. I've got him 49th right now. Um, he could easily jump up and all of a sudden, like, you know, go from 49th to like right around Josh Young. Like, I mean, he could, he could be above Josh Young um, if we think he's the everyday third baseman. I, I mean, I think he, I, think I mean, he, if they, I would, they would need to get rid of Escobar for me to do that. Yeah, but I could see them doing that. Yeah, yeah. Like if they trade, if like if you know Beatty comes in the spring, he's super healthy, he's raking. Two weeks in, uh, Mets have traded Eduardo Escobar to I don't know fucking Marlins would probably get him or some shit, you know, something like that. And it's Beatty's job free and clear. Yeah, I'll move him up a yeah. healthy ass bit. But as it stands right now, I'm laying low. I think I'm going to snag one Beatty in a DC, whether it's this one or another. I mean, we'll race to see who can get him. Uh, but other than that, I, I got to see more. So he's a wait and see situation. Meanwhile, I don't think you really want to jump in on Escobar, even though he is cheap. So if you just want a veteran I, late, I think the hard part is I don't know that they would trade Escobar, like uh, because he could play second and third. Like he could just be their utility guy. So that may confuse things, uh, no matter what. Um, even if it looks like Beatty might take that job. But I, I'm definitely watching Beatty in spring. I'm definitely listening, you know, checking like Justin Ruman's Mining the News. And, mm-hmm. you know, any news that comes out of New York in terms of uh, Brett Beatty is going to potentially influence my draft spot of him. Nine and a half mil for Eduardo. That can be a put. Oh, yeah, that can um, that can be on the, a on the uh, Mets, utility guy. Thirty million a year. Could be. Well, exactly. Yeah, they they have they have a thirty-two million dollar utility guy. But yeah, nine and a half. There's no reason that they can't bench that if things aren't breaking the way they want for him. Um, Brian Anderson is somebody who was non-tendered. I liked him maybe for my Tigers. They've now since made some moves that uh, that's probably not going to happen with Nick Maiton coming in and um, Justin Malloy Henry. I believe also or Justin Henry Malloy. I believe also can play third if I'm not mistaken. So I think that they're set with yeah. what they want to do there. They're not going to be going for a Brian Anderson. Do you have any potential landing spots for him? I know I'm putting you on the spot with that, but do, do you have anywhere you think he might wind up? Kind of looking. Um, he could yeah. be a utility too. Cause he can kind of play uh, yeah. the corners. Uh, the, uh, actually all four corners, first, third, left, right, and a little second base. So he could be a util for somebody. Uh, I mean, What's a team that needs a mediocre player that can play a couple different positions? Like that feels like a Milwaukee Brewer to me, um, or maybe a Kansas, a, City, a Kansas City Royal. I can um, see the Royal. He he is a Royal. As hell. I mean, you know why? Because the Marlins are the fucking uh, National League Royals, like yeah. with their huge ass park incident. Um, honestly, I think your Brewers one has a little bit more merit. Because they've got tons of lefties, they got a lot of platoon options. Now Brasso actually is Brian Anderson, though. Yeah, and that's so, the problem. I I got I got the spot. Go ahead, it, Josh Naylor's platoon partner in Cleveland. That would be hot. That would so, actually be pretty hot. Um, because remember when we went when we covered that, all they had was lefties, and we couldn't figure out who the platoon yeah. partner was going to be. Because Will Brennan and Will Benson are both lefties, and we, yeah, we we weren't. We weren't sure who it was going to be. It's not going to be Tyler Freeman. He's an infielder, even though he's a right-hander. So, yeah, we couldn't figure out who it is. That would actually make some sense. Yeah. I so, I mean. might have nailed it. Yeah, I think that could that could make sense. Um, Get it done, Cleveland. He's, he's going to find a spot. I just have a really hard time doing projections on guys that I don't know where they're going to play. Absolutely. So I kind of left, uh, you know, a, a placeholder projection in for him. I did too. I, it's nothing right now. I wouldn't commit to it at all. 
I got to see where Brian Anderson lands. I still like him. I still feel like a healthy Brian Anderson is an above average guy, but we have not seen that guy for the last two years, 67 and 98 games. And thus he's ended up putting up a 93 WRC plus. So got to be healthy. Got to find a spot for Brian Anderson. Uh, Spencer Steer out in Cincinnati. Am I crazy for thinking he has some sneaky breakout potential? Okay. So here is the thing he does. Um, but he also has a very familiar hole in his swing, um, which reminds me a lot of Nathaniel Lowe before he closed that hole mm. in the upper part of the zone. He cannot get high velocity high heat pitches. Steer alive. And that's going to be a real problem at the majors. Um, do they have the majors? I believe they do. I'll check um, on that. I'll check on that while you're talking. Uh, now he he's not in the worst of divisions for mm-hmm. that problem. I mean, you're going to have problems with the, against the Brewers because the Brewers have a lot of guys who can throw hard, um, but the Cardinals don't, and no. the, the Pirates don't. don't, and the Cubs don't. That's a good uh, call. So I had a really hard time with this projection because I I don't like that hole in his swing. Um, I definitely think he's going to go through extended periods of struggle. But I also know that it seems like they're going to give him every opportunity to play third. Um, you know, they already DFA'd uh, Moustakis and let him go. Yep. Uh, that encouraged I, me for It's, it's, a, it's a fantastic park to hit in. Also encouraged uh, me, as you know, with my Will Myers projection. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, I think there's real potential for him to – um, you know, hit sixth or seventh um, in this lineup. And with the injury issues on this team, it could be even higher at times. You know, I mean, you've got a team of Jonathan India was injured a lot last year. Joey Votto was injured pretty much all the year and is still injured, may not be ready for opening day. Um, Tyler Stevenson has injury issues. Will Myers has had injury issues. Uh, like, he could find himself batting third at points in this lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I was. It was a very difficult projection to do, um, but I, I kind of like him as a cheaper option. Me too. I like Spencer Steer. My my concern, though, with, not only with the with the high heat that you're talking about, or, or in concert with it, is specifically against righties. He had a massive, massive. Mm-hmm. Um, platoon issue at the major league level, but even in the minors where he did pretty well overall with an 834 OPS, it was 765 against righties, 998 against lefties. Um, and we know, well, there's a couple lefties in, in uh, Milwaukee, Miley mm-hmm. and um, uh, Lauer. Mm-hmm. There's uh, Steele and Smiley in Chicago. Mm-hmm. There's Jordan Montgomery and Steven Matz. Mm-hmm. There's two each, and then Pittsburgh, they don't have any lefties. They have Rich Hill. Oh, Rich Hill. Rich Hill. So there's six, or no, what is that? That's uh, seven. There's seven yeah. lefties. So, you know, that he could be a really fun streamer for Spencer Steer, right? You see them coming up with some divisional stuff. You maybe get him in there. Obviously, a home stand. Uh, you, you get him in for that, of course. So, it, or if he locks up the hole against righties. Then I think he could be a, a whole ass breakout. So I'm intrigued by Spencer Steer. Definitely going to get some deep league shares of him and keep an eye on him in spring to see if he, he if he can close up that hole a bit. Yeah. Dead camp bounce for Josh Donaldson, or is he cooked? 
Um, I mean, I don't want to say he's cooked, but yeah, he's cooked. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I he's gonna have moments where he is a productive player, but he's, he's still also got some, some punch. Yeah, he's got some punch. Um, I, I don't know. It's I projected him for 540 plate appearances. I don't know how I did that. <laughs> um, so I probably need to, uh, probably need to lower that a little bit. I would um, tamp it down a bit. Yeah. Because uh, I just don't know how he gets to 540 plate appearances. I mean, that trade for him just looks worse and worse. Um, yeah. What uh, was that deal? That was the deal to get Isaiah Kiner for left. Yeah, no, no. I was saying more they, of like, yeah, what, and why they, the hell and, did they do it? And and now it doesn't even look like IKF is a starter no. necessarily um, in in New York. Like that just that was a really really bad deal. Um, she so. just kept her shell up. And listen, Sanchez didn't exactly pop off over there, but Urshela alone would have been worth just hanging on to. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I got I got nothing for for Donaldson. I'm not. I gave uh, him five forty because he's hit five forty the last two years. So you just figure they keep going. But I, yeah. they got guys that can be pushing him though, with uh, uh, Peraza and Cabrera coming up. Can either of them? Are either of them a third baseman though? Like I think Cabrera is maybe not Peraza, but if Peraza plays short, then can't Glaber go over to third? Yeah, or does not have the arm for third. He might not have the that, arm for third. He, I don't know that he's got the arm for third. I think well, he's probably the third baseman. In um, fairness, I, I Cabrera was my bigger concern. I, I mentioned um Peraza and, still there, a, but, and Donaldson's still a good defensive player. So like that's that, that's yeah. They may just fair. say, you know, we're gonna let you play there because you're gonna help the pitchers. Um so uh yeah, 540 is probably right. It's 17 home runs, um, a crappy batting average. I still walk, so he gets a little bit of bump in OBP. Um, but I mean, I don't, I don't think we're seeing peak Donaldson come back anytime soon. No, 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 and nothing close to it. Yeah. All right. One last thing here. Very deep league. So, folks that aren't deep leagues, podcast is essentially over for you. It actually has been for a while. We've been talking deep league guys for a minute here. Joey Wendell. I don't want to get too bogged down on this. It's a, a guy that not everyone's drafting. It's like an NL only play mostly, but you only gave him a 251 average, and he's a career 271 hitter. And I was just wondering why such a low batting average projection for Joey Wendell. He punched my dog. I knew it. I knew yeah. he did something like that. What a jerk. What an absolute jerk. No, you look at him since 20, uh, hitting 267, and you're 251. So you're not like crazy. Again, when you start doing projections like this, you realize that that's a handful of hits. I totally get yeah, that. It is. But I felt like there might actually be a little bit of upside there. And one of the interesting things, he's he spiked 12 steals last year. What if Joey Wendell adds some more SBs to the mix as well? Um, I feel like he's going to play. They traded Miguel Rojas. I don't think John Birdie plays over him. I think he's at least the strong side platoon. So, I'm not, I'm not saying Wendell is some big mixed league stud, but I kind of like him in deeper formats. And I thought maybe you sold him a, a tad short on the batting average because he's had 293 OBP last, or excuse me, Babbitt last year. I think he can get back up into the 300s. He's, he's a 319 career guy. What do you think about Joey Wendell? Yeah, I could probably get him a little bit higher. It's probably not going to be much higher, but maybe maybe he deserves to be a 260 as opposed to you know 250. That's, that's yeah, so nine ten points. Um, I could definitely see that. I think the hard part is I, I only projected him for three hundred seventy six plate appearances, 
one, I just don't know how much playing time. Like, the Marlins have other guys they should be giving plate appearances to. Um, will they? Uh, and will Wendell stay healthy? Um, I think that is a bigger question. You know, that is for- a perfectly legitimate question that uh, I cannot answer af- affirmatively. And so I get it. Yeah, um, and so yeah, I may move up his his batting average projection a little bit. I think you're right. Um, you know, I, it I, I it's also like be very Babbitt dependent because he has yeah. such a high ground ball rate, mm-hmm. but the speed hasn't necessarily waned. So, you know, maybe maybe I am a little bit you know low on kind of where I think the Babbitt's going to fall. Another like streamer type too, where you, you need a couple weeks to fill in and maybe they got a string of righties coming up and things break well for him. You could snake a few steals. And I also wouldn't be terribly surprised. Yes, you mentioned the ground ball rate for Joey Wendell is exceedingly high, 55% last year, 49% for his career. But I wouldn't be terribly surprised if he kind of got that homer to fly ball rate back in check. Um, it was at 4% last year after 11% from 20 to 21 maybe not all the way back up to 11 but maybe a couple more homers too is what is what i'm is what i'm saying here like uh seven eight homers maybe 15 steals though you know depending on how much he plays 15 to 20 steals um and and a decent batting average so again you're talking nl only you're talking uh deep mixed league fill in here on joey wendell i don't want people going out and drafting him in in their 12 team or saying yo sport was all over wendell (laughs) i'm not saying that but uh this is this is nl only and really 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 deep mix um for for those of you who are screaming like hey maybe he benefits from the shit uh the the less shift uh he was actually much worse um when uh they didn't when shift. it was unshifted oh yeah. wow he yeah at around the same amount of plate appearances 156 plate appearances uh with no shift last year 142 plate appearances with a shift um and he hit 345 against the shift and 252 with no shift. Wow. No, I mean, there, I'm sure there's other things probably in play in that, but that, um, I don't think he's a guy who's necessarily going to benefit from the shift or they're not being a shift. Not necessarily going to be a big factor for Joey Wendell. Son of a bitch. Taylor Ward went after you. Once you took Nathaniel mm. Lowe, I was like, well, at least I can he get was the other. He was the other guy I was I thinking. I know. I know he was. And you know what? The guy that took him, Schroeder, didn't have a first baseman, so he was probably going to take low, too. So maybe I was getting yeah, neither of them. You were God. probably getting either, yeah. Love Taylor Ward. Anyway, yeah. that's going to wrap it up at the Hot Trash Corner uh, for our first review of it. We'll follow back up in about a month or so, and uh, hopefully some dust settles. Maybe some Brett Beatty situation comes to fruition. Maybe Anthony Rendon comes in best shape of his life, man, and you start uh, projecting him for 35 homers. You said you would do that. You, I've, I've committed you to that. And if he comes in in the best shape of his life, Justin Mason says 35 homers for Anthony Rendon, book it. Is that correct? I don't believe that's correct. Um, I rewind the tape. I think you might have said that. <laughs> I'm going to have to edit that part out. Okay, okay. Edit that part out. Um, short stops on Friday. Yep. Until then, I will talk to you later. Take it easy.